This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. So what's the plan then? We meet at the same time we do every week. We drive to the Bacon Cave. We go in, we set up the equipment, we record the episode. But what about a bacon bit? We meet at the same time we do every week. We drive to the Bacon Cave. We go in, we set up the equipment, we record a bacon bit for far too long, and then record the full episode. Because you guys have to get drinks? Soda Run and Maverick, we meet, Bacon Cave, set up mics, bacon bit, half hour, full episode. We wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, <laughs> boy! Here we go. <laughs> Good timing, too. Thanks, guys. Oh, nice. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. If thank no one cut that reference, yeah, you need to be educated. <laughs> We're going to educate you. Indeed. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our horror movie training, where I talked and talked and talked. But you I, did a great job. Thank you. Such a good job. Oh, Kent you. and I applaud you endlessly. And it was just great... thanked you for ruining your voice for a week. It was. My throat actually <laughs> really didn't like me at the end of the night because I just felt like I talked too much. But, but I, I'm, I'm grateful as well because I want our listener to actually be more engaged with horror movies. And I feel like you gave them the first steps to do so. I, I hope so I hope that someone out there has already started their journey or started their kids on the journey of horror movie training because I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I did it with my kids uh, just uh, last night. and Yeah, we already watched a few at my house as well. Yeah. So I, thank you. I watched a couple. And honestly, it, it helped me to know maybe when to stop. Just like James Jackson on Facebook who said, what I learned from this episode is that I do not intend to go beyond phase three. Which and is that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Right. No problem with that. Like it's it's all about finding your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Cause like you go to like I said, you go to an amusement park and there's rides that you don't like and rides you do like. And same with horror movies. It's the same thrill and like there's some rides where you may not enjoy it as much. But then there's other things where like you can go a little bit further. Like I, I said in, on the episode that I'd seen these kind of more advanced movies, mm-hmm. but then maybe other ones will mess you up. Much like Shane Hyatt said on Facebook when he said, when I was little, like elementary school age, every time we had a sleepover, we would watch Arachnophobia. Another PG-13 yep. classic. Never had nightmares. But I got nightmares from the old Planet of the Apes, and that show messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, is true, because the, the yeah. those things can traumatize you, especially as a kid. Like little things just freak you out. That should be another episode. It's just like non-horror movies that scared us. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that for sure. Uh, and then the list. I just want to throw out there also on Instagram another compliment from some guy named Spencer Larson. Hmm. The listener. listener. <laughs> <laughs> he said, bang up job on the illustration, Kent. Aw. It's really cool. It was good. good. It was good. And we're soon going to be releasing that as a t-shirt. Pew, pew, pew. At uh, tpublic.com slash bacon sale. Yeah, we are. All right, we want to uh, promote our contest that we announced last week. You've probably already seen something on social media, and that is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In fact, you need to follow us on all three social media channels. And? And comment on all three all social media three. channels. So if you did just one, you are uh, not eligible. Technically, right. you follow on Instagram and Twitter, and you like on Facebook. But oh. you have to participate on all three as well. Yes. We asked a specific question on each channel, and you actually still have a chance to up until October 15th when we'll choose a winner. So like four days of the airing of this episode, you still have time to enter to win the horror movie of your choice. <laughs> Wait, you're doing lightning sound effects now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so that's thing. We want to make sure you get it in time for the Halloween season. It's a great opportunity to finally get that uh, Blu-ray edition of the blob that you've always wanted. <laughs> Which Beware I have. Of the blob. <laughs> and thanks for joining, Zach. I know that you uh, signed up as well to I, try I to win did. the contest. I did. And I then did you told me I can't. He's not eligible. But Come he on. needs to watch more scary movies. I do. He does. But yeah, I definitely good... sign up as soon as you can because we want to pick a winner and we want it to be you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're a patron of Bacon Cell, if you go to patreon.com slash bacon cell and become a patron, you can actually get an extra chance at winning because we're going to be giving away... A, a horror movie to each 
of the levels of patronage that we have, which Perfect. includes tier three, tier two, tier one. I am the listener and the bacon council. I just ended my patronage, guys. Why Once again, this? Zach, you can't play. I, but I, okay. <laughs> Speaking of patrons, you guys, we got a new patron. Hey. Yay. How awesome. Yeah. So we have someone, they actually did an annual sum. You can do that. You can do that. So you can pay for the entire year. And, and so it gives you a discount if you do. Exactly. Great way to use your holiday bonus. But we did some division. If you get those. In our little break, in our three minutes later break. Three minutes and later. this puts this patron in the I am the listener category. Oh, boy. Woo. And the patron is Glow Clendaniel. Let's hope you said that right. Please uh. bless. <laughs> Glow Clendaniel, thank welcome. you so freaking much. This is awesome. Happy October and welcome to the I am the listener category. Hope you enjoy all the extra bacon bits that you get and behind the bacon stuff that we do. Video reviews uh, that look really good when Zach does them. Yeah. <laughs> do more. Okay. Yeah, you fine. got this. Fine. Tell me what to eat. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are returning to one of the most popular series of episodes in Bacon Seal history. We're focusing in Did on... Did you do a study on that? Like a poll? Oh, or? absolutely. We're focusing in on a certain decade, if you will, of horror movies. Oh! We're, are you dancing around uh, the subject right now? Maybe we're doing a bit of a decade dance. Decade dance. Decade dance. Yes. <laughs> Everyone loves when we go falsetto. <laughs> we I think that's why they like it. We haven't done this since 2019, fellas. Wow. That was like nine years it ago, It was let's so be much honest. better back then. Life, Life was, so, was so much better. Jake was here. There was no pandemic yet. <laughs> something's oh. good. Something's bad. <laughs> <laughs> His falsetto, though. So, Ken, explain the decade dance concept. Okay, so we will take an entire decade, and it's it's a ranking show, basically. Yeah. And so we are taking an oh, entire... Oh, well, then if you bring it that way, never mind. <laughs> but we are only going for the entire decade. So last year, we went all of 2010s because that decade ended. We did action, best mm-hmm. action movies, best drama movies, best comedies, best horror. We always plan to kind of revisit that for other decades as well, but specifically with horror movies. Like, we talked about venturing into other decades, putting two against one another, but we thought we covered the 2010s for horror... 2000s were so iconic. They a lot of good stuff came out of there. And so we are covering our top 10. So Joel and I will give our top 10 because Zach doesn't oh, really me. watch scary movies. Yeah. Although I'm sure you watched like three, maybe in that decade. I will let you know which ones I've seen. Okay. And so we're doing our top 10 for the years 2000 to 2009. Well, number one, Shaun of the Dead. Which is exactly what yeah. this show is. This is the <laughs> tribute to Shaun of the Dead. We're calling this yeah. brought to you by Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, this is the 2000s horror decade dance brought to you. That's a very long name, but it's accurate because we get to the end and I'd be like, Joel, what's your number one? Let's say it at the same time. And then Joel would say a fake movie, of course. Uh, The Ginger Dead Man, (laughs) which (laughs) Which is is one of the movies. Gary Busey's best movie. Oh, God. (laughs) I have seen it. You have? I have seen it. Wait, did you see Ginger Dead Man 2? No. The Passion of the Crust? No. <laughs> that's what it's called. <laughs> You're the one saying this? That That's what it's called. Joel. I love Halloween, Joel. No. Halloween, Joel's no but we different. would, of course, say our number one was Shaun of the Dead. We've talked that movie to death. Uh, yeah. And we do want to pay tribute to the movie, but we want to give our top 10 outside of that. So this is 2 through 11. It is, but at the same time, I didn't want Shaun of the Dead to be completely disregarded, so I actually have Shaun of the Dead facts in between each round. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> really so, is. We can't get away from it. So, Zach, if movie. you'll count us down, we'll give some honorable mentions as well, but our top 10 movies of 2000s. All right. Top 10 horror movies. Yes. Top 10 2000s. horror movies. Yes. Let's start with you, Joel, with number 10. For my number 10, I went with the pick that i pretty sure Kent would never put on any of his top 10 lists. I think ours will be quite different from 10 through 5, and then we'll have almost the same list. You think so? We'll Probably. 
Uh, but my number 10 is 2004's The Village. Wow. What? So this is M. Night Shyamalan. A series of events test the beliefs of a small, isolated countryside village. And you can actually learn, hear us talk about a lot more about this on uh, episode 24, the M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> that we did back then with Emily. Our first, yeah. our, was she our first guest? She may have been. No, yeah. we had the millennial. I th- we may have been on the millennial first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We had but, the millennial. Uh, <laughs> It's rated PG-13, starring Bryce Dallas Howard, Joaquin Phoenix, Adrian Brody, William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, Brendan Gleeson, and little baby Jesse Eisenberg. Aww. Wait, so are you of the camp that this wasn't the immediate decline, that this was the end? This was the, the end peak? for me. I, th- I feel like his top... Uh, I think they get... They start off great with six... M.I. Shaman starts great with six cents, and they progressively got a little less good hmm. each time, but still very good for the first four. Right. But this one also has a special place in my heart personally, because this was one that I wrote. One of my biggest parodies at Divine Comedy was uh, a parody called The Bubble. About it. See if you can pick up on the subtle subtleties here of this movie. An isolated group of people in a remote location that feared the color red and didn't want to stray outside their borders for fear of the creatures. Oh, so it's wow. about Provo. Exactly. <laughs> so that was the whole joke of it. It was like, you know... Someone... How, did the, how did the sketch do? Oh, quite well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so go into it a little bit. I want to hear about your of sketch. Of the parody? Yeah. It, it is just that. Because group... heaven knows it's better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I, I liked the movie, but then when I wrote the sketch, it became, it became a beloved thing for me. So when I think about the 2000s, mm-hmm. I think about this is one that really stands out to me. Is like, I needed to give it a mention, even if it's at number 10. Uh, but like at one point, a par- uh, character gets a paper cut because he always reads off his script, and then there's okay. no. But they need to heal it, but they don't have any because there's no alcohol in all of Utah Valley, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. they have to go to Salt Lake Valley to get the rubbing alcohol. Anyway, uh, too much about that. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like th- this one was one where uh, James Newton Howard's score is beautiful. It really in is. this movie. It's so well done, and I just feel like this is. It's a fun movie, and if you don't like horror movies. This is one you could probably get through without any issues whatsoever. There's some tense parts, some creepiness, uh, unless you're Roger Ebert. This was on his most hated list. He wow, hated that's pretty harsh. Does Whereas, he know much about movies? Uh, I think yeah. he gave it like one star. Yeah. But then Sigourney Weaver uh, suffered nightmares for two weeks after reading the script, according to IMDb trivia. <laughs> How many people found it interesting, though? 71 <laughs> out of 87. So. But yeah, it's not that scary. It's intense at parts. The twists aside, I think it's one of those visually and uh, like... Musically, it is a beautiful movie. Beautiful movies. Do you really like this one because it came out when you were in college? Because I think there's something kind of great about college scary movies because yeah. they're PG-13, you're watching with a girl, you can maybe cuddle. No, this never happened to, to me, but to other people, it seemed like a really cool experience. It is. And I think like <laughs> high school and college in particular, you really get this fondness for horror movies, yeah. watching them in groups, because that's what you do with your, all your friends. And this one felt tame enough that you could watch in mixed company as yeah. well. Well, and also I just, you know, like I said, I wrote the whole parody of it. So it has that special place in my heart. So even if it's not the best M. Night Shyamalan movie, because it isn't. It's it's among the best, mm-hmm. I feel, in my opinion. So that's why I made my number 10 on my d- decade dance of the best it horror movies. It is a good pick. What year was it? 2004. 2004. Right. So my number 10 is from the year 2000, and it's Final Destination. Yeah. That's not a good movie, Kent. I actually think it's pretty good. I, from the dialogue alone, I cannot take that movie. It's the only one of the franchise I've seen so far, and I decided not to continue the franchise after watching But that. you've okay. seen all the murder clips, right? Some of them. I'm not all of them. I'm, I'm not g- Matt's. I'm going to gently <laughs> ask a question. Yes. Uh, which one is the one that has the motorcycle rider that flashes? What? what? Is Family that one friendly. of them? I know. Wait, that's I the only one I've know. seen. 
I'm going to say two. That might be two. I think I've seen two. The two is the one with the log scene. And granted, oh, the log. Okay, this is kind of a tribute to the, the whole series. But when I saw the movie, and by the way, this came out in 2000. This feels like a 90s carryover because yeah. it was like, let's have a teen cast. Right. Everyone's really young and it's a very CW type movie. And it finished kind of like off of the Scream holdover mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. But I loved that it was death coming to stake its claim. Right. And so the synopsis is, after a teenager has a terrifying vision of him and his classmates dying in a plane explosion, he saves himself and a few others only to have death hunt them down one by one. Now, we've talked, I think we have referenced this before on the show. I'm not sure, but this is the Rube Goldberg killer. Totally. And this first movie, not as much. Like there's no. still some things and you almost watch it to say, oh, no, there's a uh, there's a garbage disposal. Yeah. Don't put your hand in there. No, but that's... Oh, no. And, and it keeps kind of... That's what the movie do. It'll there'll be like a live wire on the ground. Yes. And you'll like see it, and then you'll see the person going towards it like, oh, the live wire is going to get him. Oh, the live wire is going to get him. And all of a sudden, a seagull is going to fly down and, and like stab him through the eyes. And you're so, like, oh. So I call this anxiety horror. You're almost expecting someone to die, and it gives you that gratification. And these movies get progressively more gory. They're very grisly. But at the same time, you're like, oh, that was somehow satisfying. And I shouldn't say that at all. <laughs> I think the concept of these movies is pretty clever. Yes. Well, it is. It, that if, if you cheat death, then je- death will find a death way to Death will find a way you. anyway. And also, there's this bus scene in this first movie that still surprises me. It comes right out of nowhere because like, you see the death coming every time except for this one scene. And I'm like, <gasps> right near the end. And granted, I was still a teenager when I saw this, but I still really appreciated the movie. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a movie that should only be watched once, it has a surprising amount of replay value, too. So, yeah, not super great, but I really enjoy it. Is there one of those that has a roller coaster? Yeah, that's number three. Okay. With Mary Elizabeth Winstead. may have seen two and three. And the great thing about these movies is the intro is always pretty phenomenal. And the intro for this one, yeah, plane crash, very scary. But the worst one is the log incident on the freeway. And so if you're ever driving behind a big trailer uh-huh. with logs in it, you always change lanes. And that also happens in like a, The Descent, maybe? I don't know. That's happened in There is movies. actually, yeah, there's the scene in The Descent. I, so, I looked up my review for this, Kenneth, I may. Yeah. I gave it two and a half stars. So oh, I almost, li- I almost liked it. Yeah. I said, Final Destination probably would have been scary if it weren't for the laughable writing and subpar acting. <gasps> if you don't quite understand what's happening in the movie, don't worry. They'll spell it out for you each and every... Oh, they'll spell out each and every detail for oh, you. Oh, absolutely. You're shaming Devin Sawa right now, Joel. I know. Much That's your good. wife's childhood Sorry. crush. Sorry, honey. <laughs> but yeah, I had to put this on there as my number 10. I have so many honorable mentions, but I, I just, knew it was going to make it somewhere. It's just one of those guilty pleasure and movies. And it launched... How many sequels? Uh, five, five sequels, and there will be a reboot coming out and like whenever movies happen wow okay <laughs> fun fact Shaun of the dead is the first installment of the three flavors cornetto trilogy followed by hot fuzz in 2007 and the world's end in 2013 i appreciate those cornetto ice cream. fun facts there fun you fact. go little Shaun of the dead fun fact wow. brought to you by it's brought to you by Shaun of the dead <laughs> uh can't give me your number nine number nine came out in 2008 and it's the strangers so a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three unknown assailants so Are this, you sure you're not letting your love for Liv Tyler boost this one up? I don't you really love Liv Tyler. She was in Lord of the Rings. You love much. her. I, okay. She's in that thing you do. <laughs> See, okay, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott Speedman, who boy. Oh. <laughs> this is like this really scary version of Vacancy to me. I actually, Vacancy is an honorable mention for me with Kate Beckinsale yeah. and Luke Wilson. Yeah. Granted, I think I like the cast more in that movie. But this movie, I almost didn't include it. This feels like an honorable mention. But every time I think of some, like I'm trying to scare someone with a movie and they're like, ghosts don't scare me. And my mind immediately goes to, what about psychos or stalkers? 
And then I think The Strangers. Strangers had one of the best horror movie trailers ever. Yes. As much as I, the, the movie didn't sit right with me for a number of reasons. Because it's so disturbing? It, it's very nihilistic. It's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And then the whole fact that it says based on a true story and then you read the true story and you're like, oh my God. So the true story is the director, uh, someone doorbell ditched him and he got scared. And then he heard a couple nights later that some other homes were broken into. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and that was the extent <laughs> and, of the And so trueness. like the real, the story in this movie is basically it's this couple going to a home and the way they talk about like designing the home, they're like, we want to make it feel lived in. We want this to feel authentic. But you have these masked killers come to your house and nothing feels safe. This is an entirely powerless movie, nihilistic, as you said. Mm-hmm. This movie is all about despair. Yeah. Even when you think, oh, they're going to overcome this like any other movie would. Nope. Well, and it hurts because you were home. That's the line I was going to say. It's like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? And she says, because you were home. And she says it so just like nonchalantly. You're like, these people are monsters. Fun fact, Liv Tyler's father is Aerosmith frontman Steven Tyler. But that's not the fun fact. Before making it big with Aerosmith, a teenage Steven Tyler was in another band, which was originally called The Strangers. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. 60 out of 68 found that interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For those eight jerks that are not finding that interesting. That's actually really but cool. It's a fun coincidence. But I had to add this because generally, like, stalkers do not scare me. These kind of movies don't scare me. But when I think of a disturbing movie with creepy actual people and not supernatural, this is my go-to. I think it's a good choice for that representation. Mm-hmm. But right. yeah, yeah. Okay, Joel, uh, what do you have for nine? My number nine is actually one that Zach has already brought up on this show. Oh, good. Huh? It's The Descent. All right. 2005. I've, I've seen this one. I like this one. I just watched this one two years ago, mm-hmm. was it? So here's the synopsis. A caving expedition goes horribly wrong as the explorers become trapped and ultimately pursued by a strange breed of predators. Now, this is rated R for strong violence and gore and language. Uh, you can get it on VidAngel, so you can find it there if you want to uh, get that stuff out. It stars a bunch of people. I don't know. And because it's a bunch of unknown actors that they're going for. Mm -hmm. But this movie started to frighten me before any creatures showed up. Almost doesn't. It's because of, uh, what's her name? Netscape? What's the. Netscape? Juno? Juno. Yeah, Juno. (laughs) Netscape. The character's name is Juno, yes. (laughs) Well, that was a stretch for a joke. AOL, Net Zero. Yeah, yeah, that uh, Juno is kind of the antagonistic character in that. And she's kind of. But is she? But is she? I don't know. Well, it depends. That thing is like you you could pick a side. It's madness from within. It's this whole group group of girls and you could pick a side on any one of them of like who's wronged who. And this movie starts off with a tragedy. Yes. Where you're like, oh, this just seems like kind of a European made movie. It was. Oh, it was. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a European movie that got released here in the US. But it doesn't feel like American pacing. And then all of a sudden it gets to the scary movie part. You're like, but yeah, one of these characters is suffering a lot of trauma. Yeah. And so it adds an extra layer. Well, then they get inside this cave and they they, they built the entire set. They decided it'd be much safer than doing it in an actual cave and put on them. But my palms were sweating during parts. Do you have claustrophobia? No, not, not, I wouldn't say I have a claustrophobia. I do. But there's like a heights thing going on here yep. where they're like, you're in a cave and there's a huge thing, a chasm below them. But I was so freaked out when they got caved in and they didn't know where they were going and they were lost and they didn't have enough light. Mm-hmm. Like I was really stressed out. And then these creatures show up and all of a sudden it takes it to the next level of horror. Reasonably, it would have been a very effective horror movie without the creatures. Yeah. It's yes. just been like a freaky, you're it, trapped it, it, in a it cave. Almost movie. like what's Suspense that thriller. sound and there's panic as well. Yeah, like a yeah. buried type but thing. It, it, but then the thing is, once the creatures show up, it does not pull punches. <laughs> there are some very gruesome parts in this movie. It's very bloody. I remember lots of pickaxes. There are pickaxes. And pickaxes. a bath of blood. Yes. Uh, yes, there's a whole bunch of these little, and they're like these uh, kind of bat-like creatures that have evolved. I, th- I, call, I think of them like Morlocks a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. 
time time traveler or time, time machine. Time machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think about that. Oh time. yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, but by the way, the U.S. version has the quote unquote happy ending. Yeah. Whereas the U.K. has the sad ending. But the uh, happy ending spawns a sequel, though, right? Yes. And the could. sad ending doesn't. Well, well it, at least there is a descent less too. Open. Yeah. So the descent is one that I. I don't know why. I, I think I just waited for an edited version of why I waited so long to see it, but I'm so glad I finally did because it was so well done and so creepy. I remember thinking uh, that this is, especially at the end, that this feels pretty empowering to our main character. Yeah. And the happy ending, I guess. Yeah, not the sad ending. But even throughout, I think you find yourself really rooting for, for your main character, whether they are the, the good guy or not. Yes. Uh, I don't know. A choice been? is made pretty near the end. Exactly. That exactly. Not and that's the thing. It's a, there's bad decisions made by people but it's the human flaw it exposes mm-hmm. the human flaw yeah that, and it's very to survive yeah and if you get, do get behind a character that does something that may be bad you're still okay with it because you're behind them yes i think i have seen this movie we're getting, we're getting very vague cool. we don't want to spoil it <laughs> yeah movie. it's it's definitely something that you don't want to spoil it's by the cool way movie. fun Shaun of the dead fact <laughs> uh the, the the movie uh actually comes from the there's a tv series called spaced mm-hmm and it's amazing I've, and I haven't actually seen it uh, I've seen bits watch it edited Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright mm-hmm. uh, worked together on that show and then they realized when they wrote a zombie parody f- episode of Space they decided hey we could make that into a feature length film and that became Shaun of yeah. the Dead they do an episode where he's basically living out Resident Evil yeah and then they're like oh let's make a zombie movie and look what it did Joel what do you have for number 8 Number eight, I have a movie that we already have brought up on Bacon Cell. In fact, we brought it up on episode 127, Hipster Horror Flick Picks. It was one that Kent and I almost both picked, but Kent was generous enough to let me put it on my list. It is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. So if you like The Office and slasher movies, (laughs) put that together. That's the uh, the mask. Hold on. It's a mockumentary about this documentary crew going out and filming the next great serial killer in this world where serial killers are like a real thing, like yes. Freddy and Jason, all that's all real. But the way you pitch that makes it sound hilarious. The first half is hilarious. To us. But it is. You're like, you'd have to have seen yeah. and, and love the weird mythologies of all these slasher flicks. I'll read the synopsis. The next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. Uh, this is rated R. Uh, it's on Clearplay DVD if you want to watch it edited. Uh, only made about 69000 at the box office. It was a, definitely a sleeper hit. That's why it was my hipster pick. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny because it turns the slasher genre on its head. Uh, like at one point he talks about how much cardio he has to do because he yeah. has to chase all these people and make it look like it's n- nothing. He goes to like this location ahead of time and like maps out all the exits and like kind of homes alone it, home alones it, so he can like you know lock doors and windows and make sure they go and, the right way. And that's the thing they he has journal like college journalists with him. Yeah, and they're interviewing him the whole time. And then even to the point where he's like, yeah, this group of people, they're the ones that I'm going to stalk, and that's the final girl in that yeah. group right there. He's already picking it out. Yeah, and then uh, about midway through the movie, it shifts in tone from this mockumentary comedy into a, a slasher movie and it gets scarier and they're, being, mm-hmm. and they're being pursued and it's fun to watch it unfold especially after seeing kind of like quote unquote behind the scenes beforehand when and you've seen this guy without the mask half the movie when he puts on the mask it's completely different it's a, Terrifying. It's a creepy moment like they mm-hmm. pick this like baby blue baby doll type mask yep it's it's effective so this is one i think is a sleeper hit and not a lot of people have seen it but it's one that i it came out of nowhere and i was thoroughly entertained on it so my number eight was behind the mask Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's a Burnham. great choice. What do you have for number eight, Kent? From 2009, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. 
This, trick or treat. this is a movie that didn't go to theaters. In fact, it was meant to in 2007, but the studio had other movies it was trying to put, I think like a Resident Evil movie it was trying to boost at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to take money from that. They delayed it two years and released it on video. So this is a straight to video picture. Straight to like. video. And it became this cult smash. And I think almost because it went straight to video. Mm-hmm. And they're like, because this may have been seen as a disappointment. So let me give the quick synopsis because there's a really long synopsis because it's five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it goes into each of these, but just know that it's a love letter to Halloween and scary movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and I haven't seen this yet, Ken. I actually have this in my queue to watch. Yeah, uh, but I know the story. I've seen the synop- I've read the synopsis, and, and I don't want to like hype it up too much for you because you should know it is a cult B movie. It's very. I hear it's very campy, but mm-hmm. it ranges everything from like razor blades and apples to like werewolves. Yes, and like you know, you get the range of Halloween stuff mm-hmm. the, to the creepy neighbor. And if you've seen the little uh, little scarecrow figurine with like the burlap sack yep, over Sam. his head, yeah, he's got like an orange outfit on. Mm-hmm. That's from this movie. He's like an iconic character at this point. Yeah, starring Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, uh, several others, and the budget was twelve million on this one. And like I said didn't really go to theater so it made 12 million video sales so good for them yeah good for them i remember seeing it this a blockbuster for like a couple of years and being like oh i should watch that and then when i finally did i'm like i will watch that multiple times it's almost like an annual watch because it's so easy to watch and it's just it feels reminiscent of horror movies in the 80s very like nightmare on elm street kind of vibes and it's just this collage it's halloween casserole and i love it so much and that sounds good halloween casserole sounds good yeah it's just it's candy corn nope yeah really well, I, I, I pumpkin casserole. No, what are you doing? This isn't <laughs> just, working. Just totally ruining it. And it's not all perfection, but there there's some really creepy stuff here, and it feels kind of like a longer Tales from the Crypt episode because there's lots of ironic ends for these characters. Well, because well. they're all they're all separate stories. Yeah, it's too, an anthology right? movie yeah. within that are interconnected as well. But if you haven't seen this movie, it's kind of another hipster one. But definitely check it out. Yeah. All right. And I, that was I plan to trick trick our treat trick our treat like salt and pepper. <laughs> By the way, I have a fun Shaun of the Dead fact oh, please, for you. Please. What? Uh, Edgar Wright played a lot of Resident Evil, as Kent mentioned that the character on mm-hmm. the show, but he played it, and he started trying to think about what a British person's reaction to a zombie apocalypse would be, because you know they wouldn't have the arsenal. He, he said here the, uh, the the lack of assault weapons typical American zombie movies had. Yeah, because you don't have ready access to that, and things are already pretty grim over there yeah. in England. Well, how, it's how would a, I club a zombie? Well, it's, I think it's like so they have a cricket bat, and that's how they use it. But Final also, records. just kind of like that you know stiff upper lip British kind of reaction to it, which is a great take. So, yeah, it really is. Shaun of the Dead. All right, for number seven, Kent, Joel's favorite movie of two thousand seven, The Mist. No, <laughs> pick a movie that I like. A freak storm unleashes a species of bloodthirsty creatures on a small town where a small band of citizens hole up in a supermarket and fight for their lives. But you don't know it's bloodthirsty creatures because all you see is mist and then people going, what? Isn't that the beauty of it? And this is why I chose this. This is kind of like the Lovecraftian unknown horror on the outside. But really, this is a fear of people movie. Yeah. Because, and I... Most zombie movies kind of turn into that. And you and I have talked about this. I think... I think we really valued our college experiences because we used our pop culture knowledge in classes. So I had had (laughs) a communication theory class where I chose this movie, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead to talk about small group communication and how it falls apart. Because in this movie, it really is what happens inside the supermarket because outside, you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. There may be some bugs or someone may come back pretty bloody, but really the movie could almost, it almost should have no giant monsters, which you do eventually kind of see. In all fairness, Kent. Yes. I do think this is a good movie. Until, until the, the end. end. 
And the so, end soured me so much on it that I have this negative feelings towards the rest. So of it. this is a Stephen King novella, and Stephen King's novella ended like any Stephen King book would, where nothing happens. Yeah, mid sentence. Yeah, it's like just that. kind of boring. Where Frank Darabont, who is one of the few people until now, one of the creators of Walking Dead. Yes, he also did Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile. Mm-hmm. He he likes St- Stephen King, and he's a very quality director. And he's wanted to make this movie for like twenty years. He said, "I'm going to make this." And I will. He actually took less money to make it because his producers were like, "Change the ending, change the ending, please." No right. one will like that. And he said, "I'm keeping the ending." I was I'll, one of the producers. I'll take less money, exactly. Yeah. And so he kept the ending as it is, and it is one of the darkest endings in movie history. It is, but it a almost feels like punch a, in the neck. It almost feels like a kind of is, and that stunk, and it's and it stinks. But man, it's never left me. It became from a. It went from a. Oh, it's a pretty good Stephen King movie that has cool effects that's made on the cheap. To made for eighteen million dollars. To oh, I feel sick, and I value that so much. <laughs> uh, this movie, he actually made it to be seen in black and white because he wanted it to be like a nineteen fifties or sixties monster movie. Granted, it came out in color, but if you own the DVD or Blu-ray, it also comes with a version of black and white, and it's really cool to watch. Uh, I just read the end. That sucks. Don't read the end. That sucks. Why would you do that? Did you really read the end? I'd let you borrow this movie. I'm just kidding. Oh, Zach, yeah. do you want to borrow this movie? Sure. And this is kind of a, it's a creature feature, but really it's what's left or what's out there. It's almost like Jaws, how they don't really show yeah. the monster and it's yeah. scarier because of it. A lot of the violence happens off screen. Mm-hmm. You just hear noises. So that's my number seven. Did the this, Mist. This was a, was this a, like a series, TV series? There was a TV series, only lasted a season. Okay. So... Okay. Uh, after that, I'm going to lighten things up a bit. Please. Yeah, let's uh, give us your seven, Joel. My number seven horror movie of the 2000s is Saw. <laughs> oh, boy. So, <laughs> yes, it is really Saw. Wait, we badmouth Saw a lot on the this show. The franchise. The franchise. Yeah. Because, uh, let, let me get a synopsis here. Two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there and soon discover their pawns in a deadly game perpetuated by a notorious serial killer. And this is directed by James Wan, who did Insidious, The Conjuring, Furious 7, and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. How's that for range? Yeah. Well, he just kept getting more money because this movie made so much money. It made a lot of money. And it, can, it, can you imagine if this never got sequels? Well, okay. It so would go no, no, down no. as an all-timer. It well, would. And number two. Number two should have been made as well. Yeah. Mm. So, I really like two. So, okay. So here's a budget of $1.2 million. It made $103 million. Wow. So it, Jeez. 100 times its own budget. And the funny thing is, is this this actually, it, when you think of the Saw movies, you think of these people dying in horrible ways. The first movie is a psychological thriller where you don't actually see much violence at all. No. And the violence you do see is brief. I'd argue, too, except for the needle scene, is the same thing. The because syringe scene when she has to jump into the pool of syringes? That's not in one. That's in that two. That is oh. the worst scene it, in, it's actually, in that. It's even. three when it becomes torture prawn. Because yeah. that's when it's like blood for blood's sake. And it, yes. ru- it just ruined with, with a couple of story elements. But yeah, I mean, these originally started out as you are not appreciating your life. Yes. You're yes. doing something where, yes. you, where you are taking life for granted. Yes. I want you to fight for your life. That's the thing. Is Jig- Jigsaw, uh, the guy that uh, that's Jigsaw, the person behind this, yeah. he, uh, I'm going to say this much, he has cancer mm-hmm. and he's dying. And there's the other Does people. he start selling meth? No, that's other show. But Throws he a feels pizza on the roof. Like he feels like these people. He he gets people who don't aren't like Zach said who aren't appreciating their life and makes them appreciate. It. So like this girl who's addicted to drugs, he puts her in a situation where she has to choose to kill her dealer. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the guy's been supplying her with these drugs to make her stronger. 
and like this other guy, like he doesn't appreciate his life. So he's doing these things to kind of like. And you have a and minute to decide. Up. I'm not justifying this like you should. No, do no, this. this it's no. dark. This entire thing feels grainy and gritty. And because these, they didn't have the budget for better lighting. And some of these it's setups. Perfect. Now it's like a mood. I mess up some of the, the setups um, that Jigsaw does with the movie Seven. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit just because it's kind of in that vein. It is. But, and the funny thing about it is I always thought this was a short that turned into a feature length film. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Because they wrote the full length film and tried to sell it around Hollywood and no one cared. So they said, let's take this one scene with the reverse bear trap, they call it. Yeah. And let's turn it into a short. And that launched it. And they actually were inspired by Blair Witch Project, which is funny because that franchise is notorious for not showing anything. And Saw is notorious for showing you everything. Yes. Like I said, the first movie, this franchise has made over almost a billion dollars at the box office. Literally eight movies, almost a billion dollars at the box yeah. office. This first movie, though, is a mystery thriller, and it doesn't. It has one scene of maybe prolonged torture, but even that's kind of off-screen, kind of. Yeah. It's mostly in your head. And well, the movie's called Saw for a reason. There for is a one number scene. Of yes. There's a saw there. There is yeah. a saw. And so, and it stars Carrie Ulls, which is weird. Carrie Ulls, Danny yeah. Glover. It's Carrie Ulls is horrible in this movie, but you have to appreciate his hammy acting. Yeah, I mean, you think Wesley the Dread Pirate Roberts in a movie like this, he's just, just crying the entire time. This movie's brilliant. It's straight up brilliant. And it's hard to sell people on it though because of what the franchise became. Because mm-hmm. it is just gr- grisly torture prawn, as you said. Yeah, so you got to stop at some point. Don't be a completionist here. Yeah, yeah. I, I just stop. I just watch one and be done. And that's my favorite. Watch two. By the way, fun Shaun of the Dead fans. Oh please, I like the end of three. I remember thinking, oh, wow, I wonder, this is kind of cool. And, it, and then there's it, no payoff. It ties up as a nice little bow, kind of. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it just keeps going. And a great, great song at the end, too, with uh, Zeps, Zep something. After yeah, that. by the way, there is a reboot with Chris Rock coming out maybe next year. Why is called, Chris Rock in everything? Called Spiral. He actually wrote it. No, I don't like Gross. it. Uh, by the way, Sean, that a fun fact. Uh, Edgar Wright also said that the movie was partially inspired by the 2001 foot and mouth epidemic <laughs> back in Britain. He didn't pay attention to the news for one night, so he had no idea this epidemic was going on. And he woke up the next morning and just saw a bunch of cattle being burnt on TV. And he's like, what the heck is going on? So he thought, what would happen if you just weren't watching the news when a zombie apocalypse broke out and had no idea what was going on? Makes sense. That'd be funny. That's Sean and Ed for sure. Yeah. If you just let this be your number one, you could have said all these things at the same time. I know. <laughs> what do you got for six, Joel? Number six, I have a story about overcoming addiction starring Sandra Bullock. No, wait, nope. nope. 28 days, 28 it's, days. It's 28 days later. 2002, a synopsis, four weeks after a mysterious incurable virus spreads to the UK, a handful of survivors try to find sanctuary. Directed by Danny Boyle, who did Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Millions and 127 hours. Sunshine, sunshine yeah. Yeah. A bunch of good movies. Yes. This is rated R for strong violence and gore and language and nudity. Bright at the beginning, uh, but Clearplay cuts. Clearplay DVD will can cut that out. Starring Killian Murphy, who was not a big star back then. No. In fact, uh, Danny Boyle too. specifically chose lesser known actors because he didn't want uh, to bring... He wanted it to feel more realistic. Also stars The Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Indeed. He's in a kind of a scummy role in there. So this is a weird movie because it is it the first of its kind where the, there were these rage and fast zombies or did so, this happened before? No, no, I was going to say this is the movie that kicked off the fast zombie, even though Danny Which, Boyle has said repeatedly it's not a zombie movie. Right. They're not dying and coming back to life. They're just infected with rage and want to tear each other apart. And so these rage creatures or let's just call them zombies what they are. Right. They're fast and they're creepy. And like you, a lot of it's kind of like obscured a lot of times mm-hmm. when they're attacking people which is well there's a whole really scene in, in a tunnel when they're driving through a tunnel and you know that's a, that's bad news never drive through a tunnel during a zombie right. apocalypse exactly and it, it doesn't go well either 
Yeah. And it's also, it's not, well, like any zombie movie. Now, I wonder if zombie movies are more about the fear of people than they are the fear of zombies, because that's what this movie becomes. It's like the distrust of the government, for example. Yes. Yes. And, and also just people kind of rising to power in mm -hmm. the vacuum of power. So in the 60s, it was all about radiation and like yes. nuclear stuff. And that's what made zombies. Whereas this was the movie, and I don't know if this was the first movie to do it, but it definitely popularized the viral zombie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where it was now a viral thing. Because nowadays, that's what we fear, a viral outbreak. Go figure how a viral outbreak would, I don't think would it's bring the world to its knees. Come on. Come on. No one's going to be afraid um, of But uh, Danny Boyle actually said he made this because the zombie genre really hadn't gone anywhere for a while. Because if you think about it, all George A. Romero stuff was back in the 60s and 70s. And it was and outdated 80s, after that. there yeah. was some stuff there. And then there was not a lot of zombie stuff going 80s on. 80s was a lot of zombie parody as well. Yeah. And then kind of the living and dead. thriller. Yeah. Yes. And then this movie in 2002 is what kind of kicked off the modern zombie as we know it. So 20 days later, very scary uh, at parts, but very well done. And great soundtrack. Oh, love that. You chose that for Soundtrack and Fears. Mm -hmm. What do you have for your six, Kent? So Joel's mentioned this one already because this is kind of how our lists go. Yeah. We have similar tastes to a point, but it's Saw from 2004. Oh, just barely. Nice. Yeah. I love this movie and it has so many memories. And let me break down because we've already talked at length about the movie. So in 2004, I was up at Utah State and my buddy and I, we were hanging out with our girlfriends and we we're like, hey, do you want to go see this new movie? It's called Saw. It was really big at Sundance and people are talking about it. And they're like, no, that sounds disgusting. But we were really excited. Can we can we ditch you guys for a couple hours and go <laughs> see this movie? And they're like, sure. So we go see the movie and we were like, holy cow. And it's pretty short. It's under two hours. Yeah. Most of these movies, by the way, are under two hours. Yeah. So we were... A good horror movie, I think, needs to be under needs two Needs to be, because pacing. No, comedies and horrors need to be shorter because right. you can only laugh or scream so long before you're tired. Exactly. So we come back to the apartment and they're like, how was the movie? And so he went and sat at the other end of the apartment and I sat at the other end. And we acted out the movie for them <laughs> as if we were Carrie Elwes and Lee Whannell. Who was the dead body in the middle? We sometimes jumped into the middle of the floor and like, <laughs> so the dead body's here, right? Right here. Okay. Now you get, you get perspective. So we acted out the movie and then we talked about everything that was happening in the other stories. And you ended up marrying these women because they loved your We, we so actually did. <laughs> these what? girlfriends, we married both of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of love. Oh, apparently. Uh, if they could sit there because our explanation went for the entire runtime of the movie. 103 minutes. Because we were so excited about the, what we just saw. Yeah. Saw. Uh, that we had to act out the entire thing. And of course, we were kind of stumbling over the other story elements we maybe didn't quite understand, but they were blown away by the twist ending as well, that we were proud of ourselves. And I was excited. I'm still, I still hold this in high regard because of that experience. That's awesome. So Saw, number six. Well, you know why those movies were so quality as the sequels went on? Hmm. You remember, they released annually. Mm -hmm. Oh, for a while there, yeah. For the first seven movies, they released every... It was like, that's what, it was like the, the, the Halloween, Halloween weekend. Yes. Um, from 2004 to 2010. And then that was... Uh, 2010 was Saw 3D, just, which was the sixth or seventh movie I in the franchise. I just don't like what the franchise beca became, Well, honestly. by, by the they were releasing movie, them every single year. By the fourth movie, and then Paranormal Activity took the flag and ran with it. Yeah. People kind of got tired. They're like, can I get a Halloween without a version of this movie? Yeah. yeah. Please take your time. Because Please make a better movie. You had your hostels that were coming out as well. No, yeah. Thank you. And so it's just, uh, it Not created something or. so much. But I agree with you. I think that first one is, is actually thought provoking. Mm -hmm. So fun fact for Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> so they had that show Spaced and they were doing the Shaun of the Dead filming and they had like 50 or so uh, zombie extras that they had. 
they put out a call to the space fans saying, hey, we need your help. We need more people here. And so many people showed up. They had to end up holding auditions because everyone loves space so much that they had to like do auditions to see who could be a zombie. And they ended up having like 150 people there. That's all the space fans they had. Well, that's the one they, that's the one they allowed. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so the fans showed up. Good job to them. And that brings us halfway through this decade. Dance. Our top five best horror movies of the 2000s. Kent, what do you have for your five? This is your, and you, you said earlier in the show, you think that you guys have this. Uh, right, there may be some duplication There's going here to be. for sure. There's going to be. My number five is from 2004, and it's Dawn of the Dead. Well, Zack Snyder, yeah, we've no talked, surprise there. We, <laughs> this is actually his first feature. And this movie is so Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. The music choices, apparently the producers didn't really care for him. And in the opening credits, they have When the Man Comes Around. And yes. it fits so perfectly. I Especially downloaded that song after watching right? the movie. Yeah. Is that a Green Day song? No, no. my no. gosh. <laughs> Especially after that opening scene where that zombie girl attacks the husband and wife. And she yes. has to drive away. And you see the pan over in That's the city. It's just so chaos. good. So let me give the description. This is a remake, by the way, of a 70s George A. Romero movie. Mm -hmm. A nurse, a policeman, a young married couple, a salesman, a lot of people in a worldwide a bar. in a worldwide plague that is producing aggressive flesh-eating zombies take refuge in a mega Midwestern shopping mall. And that is the thing to remember. This is zombies coming into a mall. Yes. So the 70s one was all about mass consumerism. And what are we, what's this movie trying to say? What's our message? The 70s one, they're like, oh, the zombies are coming to the mall. Probably because they remember this is where they want to be. Yeah. And this movie goes into that for like a second. But this is just a survival movie with a giant ensemble cast. Yeah. And it's all these people. I mean, there's Sarah Pauly, Fing Rames. Mm -hmm. You have Phil from Modern Family. Yeah. He's a jerk. Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer. And so there's all these people. And Zack Snyder really does balance out the characters pretty well. And granted, being a zombie movie, most are going to die. Yeah. But they, the pacing is fantastic. This is one of those examples where horror movies are the proving ground for so many big budget directors at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Zack Snyder. Look at so many uh, Marvel directors at this James point. Wan. Yeah. James Wan. They basically are like, hey, you can do this on a small budget and make money. Yeah. Do that again. Yeah. But then they kind of lose their luster as they bit. go. Or maybe it's, there's flavor. James Gunn started in small budget horror yeah, um, as well. James Gunn wrote this movie. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. So I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, that's why he <laughs> liked it. it down. But this is more horror. And that's why I think I like this way better than the original. But it fits comedy in really well. Yeah. So I think this is actually Snyder's probably funniest movie, even though it's a straight up zombie survival there's movie. There's funny moments. Because James Gunn wrote it. Yeah, that's, that's true. I hate yep. it now. But James Gunn. <laughs> don't ruin it for him, Zach. <laughs> James, James Gunn. But this is an intense movie. Great music. Great action. Yep. And super palatable as well. There's your number five. Yes. So my number five, horror comedy is a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And so I chose Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Oh, here we go. Oh, here boy. They, no, I and they it. begin. Oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, I chose one that's all, almost equally as funny. I chose 2001's The Others. So funny. Hilarious. Let me read the synopsis. <laughs> A woman who lives in a darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that the home is haunted. This is directed by Alejandro Amenabar, and it's rated PG-13 for thematic elements and frightening moments, starring Nicole Kidman. Hey, Christopher Lexen, Ninth Doctor, made it again. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of other people. Like when people say, what are some good PG-13 horror movies? The Others is one of the ones that I immediately throw up because mm -hmm. it is pretty squeaky clean. Yes. But it's also very dark. Mm -hmm. It hurts a little bit. It does, especially when things start getting revealed at the end and you realize what happened. It, it really does stress you out. By the way, I found out this is written, directed, and scored by Alejandro Amenabar. The guy did 
all that. Well, check of all trades. Yeah, I don't know why. This is Nicole Kidman coming right off the heels of Moulin Rouge, and so she, uh, this is this is my peak Nicole Kidman years here. <laughs> uh, Hers too. It was also around the time she got. Oh. Well, she did get divorced right right when the others came out. It was when her and Tom Cruise oh, their really? divorce was finalized. Right then, so she was probably pretty happy. Uh, maybe. I yeah. Know. I mean, she ended up in an Adam Sandler movie, so it went well for her. Mm. Did she? What movie was that? Mm, just go with it. Oh. Anyway, save it for the Adam Sandler show. <laughs> but the others uh, is one of those movies that you, yes, it's a it's a twist ending movie. But it really is one of those kind of, it felt like an old fashioned haunted house movie, gothic horror. Yes, and then you have those moments that you don't remember. But remember when they gave you chills when all of a sudden like the little girls playing with that little doll and oh, the yeah. mom looks at her and you see it and it's an old woman's hand and mm-hmm. then she's like. Who are you? Where are my daughter? And this old woman looks at her and says, are you mad? I am your daughter. And her daughter's voice, I just got chills talking about it. But that part and and like the part when the piano plays by itself, when you see the gravestones and when the the, uh, uh, medium is there, like all these parts, if you haven't seen it for a while, I highly recommend watching it again. If you haven't seen it, I think you really should watch it. Even if you're not big into horror, this is one of the ones that sets the tone for a good Halloween. Is this one that the replay value comes from watching it with new people? I it is it's a slower movie mm-hmm. like this is one where it's slow uh, I mean it's a minute longer than Saw uh, <laughs> 104 minutes instead of 103 minutes and, but there is a lot of just waiting for it to happen so if you're right. waiting for like if you've seen it before you're kind of like let's get to it let's get to it but if you just kind of let yourself enjoy the atmosphere of it it's a great movie to watch around this time I think that's what horror has become in the past five years a slow burn horror mm-hmm. and so if and yeah. if you have the patience for it, please get into these kind of movies. Yeah. I like movies that set tone and don't mm-hmm. try to jump scare me every five seconds. Right. So there you go. That. By the way, fun Shaun of the Dead fact. Uh, by the way, George A. Romero, who did uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day Land of the, of the Dead, Dead, Land of the Dead, mm-hmm. Army of the Dead, Diary of Buff- the Dead, Buffet Survival of the Dead, Dead. Evil Dead, um, e- Evil no. of the Dead. <laughs> no, he was so, he actually thought, was so impressed with this movie that he ended up giving Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright roles as zombies in Land of the Dead. So mm-hmm. a little shout out there from the creator of the modern zombie to Shaun of the Dead. He liked it. There you go. But let's go to my number four now. Okay. What? Oh. Everyone always forgets about the kid. The yes. kid of meows. I chose Tremors 3 Back to Perfection. <laughs> Wait, it's uh, called Back to Perfection? The name of the town is Perfection. So that, but that's what they called it? Yes. It definitely not Back to Perfection. No, I though. chose I chose <laughs> The Grudge. We talked about this a couple times before. I should stop saying that because some people have listened to this for the first time. But Yeah. Uh, it's like this really scares you. I don't like The Grudge. An American nurse living and working in Tokyo is exposed to a mysterious supernatural curse, one that locks a person in a powerful rage before claiming their life and spreading to another victim. And this is directed by, I'm not going to say his name right, Takashi Shimizu. I feel like that's Takashi Shimizu, mm-hmm. uh, who actually did the original Juon. He did the original Grudge, and he directed this one as well. The Japanese, he directed the Japanese version and the American version. Starring? Starring Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah. as not your typical Buffy. No. Like, you put her in this role, you're like, oh, she's going to kick some butt. No, she's she's definitely scared by what's going on. Also starring Bill Pullman. Remember that? He was in here for like five seconds. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is one where it came on the heels of maybe another more prominent uh, Japanese horror remake. But this one is a fun, frightening popcorn flick. It is. It's, it's a nonlinear story. Like, the story is very simple. The story is, this house is haunted. You go in the house, you will be haunted till you die. You're dead. They tell it out of order, so you're kind of putting the pieces together. By the way, Roger Ebert also really hated this one. Really? Really hated it. Because there's some really good jump scares here. I know. Even the element of the black hair. 
yes. used in so much Japanese yes. horror. Uh, Kayako great is her name yeah. uh, in this one. Uh, like Samara is the girl from the ring. Kayako is the girl from the grudge. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've done her a disservice in the past by calling her the girl from the grudge, the grudge girl. So Kayako. We've talked about static moving ghosts before. Yes. Does that scare you with her? Because at the end of the movie, you see her for a long time coming down the stairs. And that's thing is like the thing I like is when a jump scare happens and then it lingers on it. So you don't like you don't get their release. It's not like I hate it when ghosts appear and then they're gone and you're like, oh, jump. Oh, it's the, the horror's gone. Yeah. And this one, the horror sticks with you for extended periods of time. There's there's scenes where the ghost jump scares you and then stays in your face and you're like, ah, get away, get away, get away. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying to watch. But this one is one that I just found thoroughly entertaining. I saw this one in theaters with a bunch of college buddies. Of course. Had a great time watching it. Still enjoy it. My wife will never watch it with me, but I enjoy watching Has it. Has she seen it at all? Oh, yes. Okay, good. When okay. we were pregnant with our first child, mm-hmm. uh, she actually had a dream that the girl from The Grudge, <gasps> Kayako, and Samara were standing in the room <gasps> and staring at her. No. So she will not watch either of one of those movies <laughs> ever again. Jeez. <laughs> so anyway, that's mine. That's my number four it's a great is The pick. Grudge. I'm sad uh, it didn't make my top three. Barely got eked out. That must mean you have a nice top three. I hope so. What do you got for four, Kent? It's already been mentioned from 2005. It's The Descent. Hey, that got pretty high on yours. Yeah, I truly appreciate this movie. This is one of those that I recommend. Once again, not everyone has seen it. No. Like the kind of movie it is. People actually get it confused with the movie that came out at a similar time. Not as good. Called The Cave. Right. And so this is one of those kind of doppelganger movies. The well, there's nothing in The Descent that's like uh, noteworthy about like a, an actor or a director. Nope. Like there's nothing that sells. But the you movie. remember the poster. I think everyone remembers the poster when it's like the girls all yeah, around in the, the face. Skull, yeah, the skull that was actually used them. in Silence of the Lambs as well. And it's actually from a, a, an old photograph from way back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's really creepy. Yeah, there's some. Ugh. Some like imagery from this movie that is just seared into my brain. Yes, mm-hmm. but I I love the the fact that there's a personal story within the fight for survival. But that's they always try to do that in horror movies where mm-hmm. they're like, um, this is bad because you used it as a good example. But like the strangers, mm-hmm. they're having marital strife. Right, vacancy, they're having marital strife. It's just a thing they throw in there. But in the descent, it works to the characters. Like it really does kind of make you endearing mm-hmm. endear to some characters and hate others. I don't want to bring this into like the culture war or anything, but a lot of movies are now trying to be so inclusive and trying to just kind of change how they've been throughout the history of Hollywood. Horror movies have been doing that the entire time. Mm-hmm. So many of these movies, even on our list that we've mentioned, are all about female empowerment. Mm-hmm. These are, whether it's a final girl or just someone like in The Descent, this main character that just fights for her life yeah. And almost has nothing to live for, but will survive at all costs. We hope. You're right. A good ending, bad ending, you know, you decide. Yeah. But still, this movie is phenomenal. It's messy. The claustrophobia gets me pretty bad. It's really And really if you're kind of grossed out by uh, being submerged in blood, that's a thing. Like Apocalypse <laughs> Now. Well, not, not on but the weekend. Blood. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But so good. So yeah, Joel and I both have it on the list for good reason. I, and if I was making a list, this would be pretty high on mine too. I'm glad you've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Of all the movies. Yeah, I was going to say you're not big into horror, but you've seen that one. Seen That's pretty intense horror. That's phase horror. four kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I saw just, I'm, I'm flipping through some pictures right now and I saw one that just gave me the willies. This is, oh, all right. What do you have for three, Kent? Well, not before oh. I get to my Shaun of the oh, Dead fact. Oh, did I almost <laughs> skip it? Almost all. At the beginning, there's like this montage of people walking around the city doing random things. It seems like mm-hmm. bit parts and extras. But almost every single one of those characters ends up showing later in the movie as a zombie. So that's kind of fun to see. Oh, that's great. And almost like all the, the news readers and television presenters are actual or real people portraying themselves in Britain. So like, oh. we don't know them, but they know them over there. Like cameos. A little more realistic. 
So from 2002, this is my number three choice. Your We're in top, top three. three. This is not the scariest movie on my list by any stretch. Okay. But it's so good that I can watch this any day. From 2002, it's M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Oh, my gosh. What? Are you okay? You I, forgot, you forgot signs. You didn't put it on your list. Oh you my put the gosh. village, not this is a, signs. This is an all-time. Oh my gosh! I uh, didn't put signs on there. The if village. there was a college movie, it was this movie. I didn't put signs on my list, Joel. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you want to wait? Did you forget how to Google? What? What, Joel? Are you okay? No, I was gonna say it's Wikipedia failed me. Did it? I went through. That, I, went, I went through year by year and looked at just the list of horror movies. Because I was like, oh, he put the village on there. I wonder if he's gonna put signs. Yeah. There. Well. Hold on, do you have the, is The Happening your number three? Just tell me that. <laughs> yes, it's my number <laughs> From 2008. <laughs> so while Joel collects himself real quick, let me give you a synopsis if you haven't seen this movie. A family living on a farm finds mysterious crop circles in their fields, which suggests something more frightening to come. This Every, is, everyone was talking about crop circles after this. Yes. Like they've been going on for the past 30, 40 years. Joel, are you okay? What just happened? It's not on here. I went to the list of list of horror films of 2002. Well, maybe it just doesn't consider this a horror film. Maybe it goes it, from Rose Red to Shark Attack 3 <laughs> colon Megalodon. You could argue that this is a theological study. Actually, it would be after that, which would be Slash. But still, it yeah. doesn't have signs. Oh my gosh, I forgot signs. You but forgot signs. But it has The Mummy as a horror movie. Yeah, apparently. Sure. Oh. And it, so, Zach, you just mentioned it's a theological movie. I love horror when it's not just, and granted, there's some reasons I love straight up horror, but this movie has so much more. This movie is teaching a lesson about death and predestination in a movie where there are aliens attacking a farmhouse. Yeah. And there's so, so, there's so much here. And in fact, there's a tragedy that happens in this movie. And, and I, I don't, I'm trying to like skirt around what happens in this movie. Right. I think everyone's probably seen it. But there's a death. And so this preacher, played by Mel Gibson, loses his faith. And whether, and sometimes that happens to us. We lose our faith, our motive, our drive for life. But what happens is this death has a bigger purpose in the big picture. And so this death ends up saving far more lives and gives this person a reason to get back to their faith or their calling or whatever. Yeah. Granted, that takes away from the fear because then you're like, oh, oh yeah, Shyamalan did his thing again. But not a scene in this movie is wasted. Very well Looking done. through a it's window, so well it looks like water. Every mention, and granted, some of the things are cheesy. People don't like the aliens. I'm a fan. I'm a straight-up fan of the aliens. Even when it shows it all the way? Yep, totally. And granted, most of it is in reflection. Yes, it does show the alien like full-on at the end. But still, it was the payoff that I needed, even though the... the and some of the scenes in this movie, the birthday party scene. Birthday party. Underlay, love, that. Underlay. love that. The, the pantry yeah. scene. With, yeah. With the knife and the finger. The, coal, the, the coal cellar scene. Oh, yeah. So many and it's, it's a beautiful story about family... The dialogue when Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix are just talking about if there's a purpose to life yeah, so is good. so good. Well, and even just the swelling music at the end mm -hmm. with the swing away moment. And I just, I get chills every time I see it. Yeah. And I, I probably cry every time I see it. Let's face it. I kind of do. And I would say this is Shyamalan's probably most popcorn movie. Yeah. But still, and even though aliens don't scare me as much as maybe Supernatural, this one, it's an Independence Day for a family. Man, it, it's aliens coming to attack it's that American a family. It's secondary American, <laughs> why, but still. Why? Why did the aliens go to a, a planet that has seventy percent of spoilers? If you really want to get hey, into that, hey, we we don't we don't live on we don't live in the water. We live in the land. Uh, the history of alien movies, by the way, yeah. water water and germs that are predominant here on the planet end up killing most of these oh, anyways. Okay. So it's pretty. Common. I think like it's a common here. flaw in these movies. Yeah. I wish but I no, I think they're like, hey, we can live like they do on mm -hmm. the land. Sure, yeah. I, I'd like to know more about alien movies. 
Hmm. All right. What do you have for number three? Probably signs. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> no. Is your heart in that? Uh, after I, I probably would put signs. It's definitely my top five. Yeah. Yeah. After you finish your list, seriously consider where it will go. I'm, I'm pretty sure it would probably land at number three. Number three. Okay. I'm pretty sure. It so would. it would bump the village, which feels appropriate. Yeah. It's Shyamalan. Village it's, is still and good. Village, and village is one of those heartfelt kind of nostalgia ones for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but, that feels good. But so. no, I man, I, my number three feels weird now. But it's I'll always know what you did last summer. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'll always know. I'm pretty sure I was is like, is that the third one? I don't know. I think it's like because the there's I know what you did. I still, I still know, know what you did. did. Which and then that's a clever title. I will remember what you did. I love it. Anyway, no, my number three is actually from 2009. It's Zombieland. Great movie. Nice. I really do love Zombieland, but the problem is I'm like now all I can think of is signs. <laughs> so Zombieland, a shy student trying to reach his family in Ohio, a gun-toting tough guy trying to find the last Twinkie. And a pair of sisters trying to get to an amusement park join forces to travel across a zombie-filled America. This is, like we said, the American version of Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Ruben Fleischer, who did Venom. Uh, <laughs> and I should point it to Kent. <laughs> Why? Rated R for horror, violence, and gore. Uh, you can find it on Clearplay DVD and VidAngel. Uh, starring Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg. He's not a baby here. He's had a teen Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. He's like normal. Yeah. yeah. Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin. And this is 88 minutes long. This is a short, wow. fun ride jaunt as you it is it is so like one of those just kind of lock in and just enjoy the ride movies because it just takes you along i love the concept of him creating this list of rules to keep you alive the rules are great they are great and in fact can i felt like zach i felt like this could apply to dating too rules uh such as cardio cardio (laughs) Uh, beware of bathrooms Seat belts, Double limber tap. up, check the back seat, know your way out, and enjoy the little things. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, no, and this was a movie where obviously they got their idea from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, right. it was like this, you know, comedy zombie movie, and also Dawn of the Dead, uh, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, was a very popular influence as well. But they decided they were going to do kind of this crazy, uh, high adrenaline zombie movie, and it works so well. It is fun to see Woody Harrelson have so much fun in this role because you can tell he's having so much this fun. This is so really, for Twinkies. really good Woody Harrelson and really good Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. And a fantastic cameo yeah. in the middle. If oh. you ever think it lags, and there is some lag here, even in the 88 minutes, it's saved by that cameo in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Woody Harrelson, by the way, a veg- a strict vegan. Mm-hmm. And so he actually made him a special vegan Twinkies because his character is obsessed with finding <laughs> Twinkies. But, you know, they had to make him a special vegan when he oh, finally, that's fun. if he finally finds them. I hope uh, they make a sequel to this movie someday. They, yeah, it would be nice. I just watched that barely this week. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, in fact, I kind of went, you know what? They just kind of continued the story. It was like the kind of the B-roll, the epilogue of the yeah. last movie. And I was fine with that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I found this kind of fun fact. Uh, not about Shaun of the Dead, about Zombieland. Uh, shortly after filming this movie, Har- Woody Harrelson had an altercation with a TMZ photographer at the airport. He's, his defense was that he was still in character and thought the cameraman was a zombie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what? Woody? Oh. And they did, try to make it, they did try to make a TV series of this on Amazon Video. It released. People hated it. And so they just, they, I think it was like one episode, one mm-hmm. and done. And like I said, the sequel's fine. But if you want a fun zombie comedy, my wife actually really, really loves Zombieland. She laughs wholeheartedly. I have sense. battles with people, though. Shaun of the Dead or Zombieland. Porque no es dos. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I'm fine with both. Shaun of the Dead's better, but right. they're both good. Speaking of Shaun of the Dead, I have a fun fact. Yes. What? In most zombie movies, I don't know if you noticed this, they don't use the word zombie. Never. Yeah, Rarely. Undead Bugs or me so bad. And so in Shaun of the Dead, they Walking made a point of especially. mocking that. And at one point, Ed calls the zombie zombies, and Shaun gets after him and says, don't call him that. It's ridiculous. Why would you say that? <laughs> and so I just think that's a funny little fact that you think about it. 
it's amazing to me that in these zombie movies, a lot of them know about all the other you know creatures and monsters, yeah. but they don't know zombies. Like there's never been a zombie movie in that universe. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have for your number two, Joel? Well, you know, I don't put many sequels on here, Uh-oh. but Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. We, did. we finally get a prequel to Tremors? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like Tremors, one? but I think it's Tremors so funny how they one. keep... They Tremors keep, Yeah, one, I, like, yeah. I like Tremors, but yeah. I, I think it's funny how they keep going. No, Ken already talked about mine. It's 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Nice. Uh, maybe Signs would have bumped that out, too. I don't know right now. Uh, but Ken already talked a lot about this. Directed by Zack Snyder, who did Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. Um, <laughs> it is rated R, but you can find it on a clear play DVD and VidAngel. Uh, this is one where I do not like remakes. You guys know mm-hmm. that I'm pretty staunch anti-remake. And horror, horror remakes horror are remakes? even worse. I disagree. There are some really quality ones. But this is, this is the best. I will go on record saying this is the best horror remake ever. Wow. Save it for the show, because that's going to be a show. Horror remakes? Probably. Oh, yeah. That's a great show. So many about to add to the list. Dawn of the Dead from 1978, mm-hmm. I did not like. I thought that was really campy, really corny. Didn't, yep. didn't really enjoy it. This one terrified me. That opening scene you talked about, Ken. The opening scene could be a short film in itself. Yes. And it is horrifying. And you have the Johnny Cash music playing, and then you have the whole movie that plays out. And yeah, you know, it gets a little hokey at parts. Yeah, they build an armored vehicle. Which is, it's just silly at that yeah. point. But it's fun. And then you get to the end and there's kind of this post credit scene or mid credit scene that happens that's fun to watch. But once again, necessary? I don't know. But I really enjoyed this. By the way, they did find, they were looking for a mall that was about to be demolished to film this in. Couldn't find one in the States, but they found one in Canada, in Toronto, the Thornhill Square Shopping Mall. And that's where they kind of did the whole set. So they filmed it in a real mall. Oh, cool. Well, a formerly real mall. And George A. Romero, who did the original one, he said it was better than I expected. The first 15, 20 minutes were terrific, but it sort of lost its, its reason for being after that. It's more of a video game. I'm not terrified of things running at me. It's like Space Invaders. There was nothing going on underneath. So George A. Romero prefers the slow zone. Kind of like his career after the first night of the living yeah, dead. Hey, hmm. All right, Kent, what is your number two? I'm mad at Joel for putting this maybe in his honorable mentions. Because it's not in his top ten list. It's signs, isn't it? Or it's signs. <laughs> signs do. This signs an ing. <laughs> That's a terrible name. <laughs> it's awful. So it's from 2009. And this is almost my number one. It's Sam it's Raimi's. It's your number two. Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. It just got bumped out. Wow. By that, the village? By the village. It was literally by and the village. And apparently signs. <laughs> oh. So a loan officer who evicts an old woman from her home finds herself the recipient of a supernatural curse. This is your number one? Number two. Oh. Desperate, she turns to, to a seer to try to save her soul while evil forces work to push her to a breaking point. Starring Alison Lohman and Justin Long. I freaking love this movie. 2009 was the same year that Inglorious Illegitimate Children came out. <laughs> and 500 Days so of Summer. Worth. And 500 Days of Summer. I think this was my number one movie of the year. Can you know I like this one. You, I gave it some love in yeah, the last show. Not even in your top 10, 12. It was 10. I literally had it at 10, and then I decided to put The Village in because I figured you were going to talk about okay, it. Okay, you did? Yes. Okay, good. I'll, I'll take that. This one's actually a remake of a movie from 1957 called Curse of the Demon, a.k.a. Night of the Demon. Mm-hmm. That one even ends at the train station as well budget 30 million made 90 million it's just so enjoyable this movie is actually scary it is gross yes <laughs> well and not gross like like not saw gross no no uh, by gross i mean like imagine if you're if you're imagine formaldehyde in your mouth yes okay uh, that a fly, fly flies crawling into your eye uh, something like that yeah but not like it's not like 
I want to clarify when you say gross, it's gross, but it's kind of a ha ha gross. Yes. Well, it's yeah. gross like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. <laughs> she just punched her right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much. Oh, and by the way, this movie is very funny. It's Sam Raimi being his Raimiest. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And there, even though it ends in a very specific way, I watched this one two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it, I go, man, this is going to end different this time. It just is. It has to. Christine, please make different choices. And she doesn't. And she doesn't. And I honestly can't get enough the of ending, this movie. Full disclosure, the ending really soured on me. The, the first Did time it? it soured me the okay. first time I saw it. I've since kind of liked it, but I'm like you, where it keeps time like, I hope I hope it changes mm-hmm. somehow. There are demons, but it doesn't cross the line of demonic no. either. No, it's all it's all done for fun. This is a great movie, and it should have brought Sam Raimi back. And he's done almost nothing since almost then. Nothing. He did a grudge remake. No, uh, he didn't he didn't direct it. He produces horror all the time, and they're yeah. no good. But in fact, the grudge is no good. Yeah, because you know what he did after this? Oz, the great and powerful. Yes. So And his next movie will be Doctor Strange 2. Which, that could be cool. It could be cool, because I want Raimi to make his brand of movies again, but not Disney. But I, this is a movie where, I think in a pitch show, I talked about Drag Her Out of Hell. Because this, sequel to this one. needs a sequel so bad. Drag Her From Hell. I, I would write this and give it to Sam Raimi. Sam? Sam? Sam, <clears throat> Sam Raimi? Mr. Mr. Raimi. Who so obviously listens. Please. He's I've listening. already written the movie in my head. Take my idea. Don't even give me any money. Just make the sequel. Because this movie... Begs. Justin Long hasn't aged a day. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> How's Austin Loman doing? I, I don't know. Probably pretty good. Although she's been in a bad place. Anyway, spoiler alert. Watch this movie if you haven't seen it yet. It is actually a scary movie that you will laugh at at the end and kind of go, wow, okay. That was a fun roller coaster ride. That's my number two. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to have my facts. It was actually related to my movie, by the way. Hmm. Uh, Shaun of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead were actually scheduled to release the same week. But due to the similarity in the names, they were people going to be confused. So they said, we'll go Don the Dead first, and then we'll release Shaun of the Dead later. But they pushed Shaun's release by two weeks. There's actually a very funny Mexican zombie movie called Juan of the Dead. Yeah. And, and granted, it's, it's borrowing that idea, but still quite funny. That yeah. all makes way more sense than the Planet of the Apes franchise reboots. Which oh, one's yeah. Don? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. All right. So before we get to our number one, I would like to hear your honorable mentions. Because there's a lot of movies that I'm thinking of. That you guys haven't mentioned yet, but you only have one more space. Okay. I'm just going to go really quickly. Okay. Let the right one in. That was one of them I wondered. Behind the Mask. The Orphanage. Wreck. Jeepers Creepers. Slither. Cloverfield. 28 Days Later. Orphan. (laughs) If you haven't seen Orphan, watch Orphan. I need to see that. 30 Days of Night. A Tale of Two Sisters. And The House of the Devil. You, you had some off ones there, but I, I, overall, I'd say it's a good one. Which ones didn't you list. like? Which ones would you say? Not I'd rather so much? not get into right now. There are two that you didn't mention that I'm confused about. Wait, what? Yeah. We'll I am going to say uh, my honorable mentions are Drag Me to Hell, Cloverfield, Let the Right One In, 28 Weeks Later, 30 Days of Night, The Orphanage, Paranormal Activity, Vacancy, Fido Slither, Hide and Seek, Underworld, Eight Legged Freaks, Resident, Le- Resident Evil, and What Lies Beneath. Underworld was kind of a question. Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Wait, did you not like Wreck? I didn't see... Which one's the Spanish it was, one? There was an uh, American one called Quarantine. That's the one I saw. Yeah, watch, Not good. Watch Wreck. Wreck is good? The Spanish Wreck one? is good, yes. Okay. Actually scary. Zach, what am I missing? What are we, what are we missing? Yeah. Did you do Pan's Labyrinth? I don't consider it a horror. Really? Nope. Okay. Fantasy. That's what... That, okay. Dark fantasy. That made my top of the year the year Although I saw Although the Pale it. Man? Oh. And did you say Paranormal Activity? 
No. He, Joel said it. I you said didn't it. say paranormal activity. I, okay, that's I, as a slight. I'm I told totally you that didn't one. have it on your list, ha, let alone. How dare you miss a movie, Kent? You fool. <laughs> I'm not super upset about it. Joel, you missed signs. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> paranormal activity, I need to bring that up because it did start the new Saw craze right. where it's every year. But when that movie released, I don't know if people remember, they talked about it. There was no guys, trailer shown. You guys. They gave this movie to Steven Spielberg and he saw it. He was so scared that he put the DVD in the garbage and then put it on the porch. <laughs> that's the story that's, I that's heard. That's what you hear. That's the story I heard. And in the commercial, all you see is audiences reacting to this movie in a yeah. dark room. It was great marketing. And so they said, request this movie in your town. And so people did. And that's why this movie made so much money. Because wow. they, they created a need for it. I'm surprised you didn't mention Thur 13 in Ghosts, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hate those movies with numbers in them. In the title, yeah. Thur 13. Yeah. Um, how about the host? I no. really enjoy the host. No. no. Yes. I know. You, you like it. You don't. The host was one of those movies. Uh, it's not, a creature feature. Not Stephanie Meyer one. This is actually Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Who did uh, Parasite. Parasite just recently and won an Academy Award for Why it. Why do you like this movie? So I, I got this one and they're like, oh, it's horror. It's comedy. It's so great. And then this is actually one of the first movies I ever got on like Netflix DVD way mm-hmm. back in the day. And I was so disappointed. And I was so upset that I, I was Is like, it the zaniness? It's like the it, tone changes. The humor didn't work for me and the right. horror definitely didn't work for me. And so oh, I love the monster. Yeah, I just it wasn't a fan. How hmm. about 1408? Very good. Oh, that should have got an honorable mention. Yeah. That, that played to my fear of like not knowing what's real and what's not. Yeah. What year did that come out? Uh, 2007, maybe? That's a good one. Yeah, 2007. I think honorable mention. I've yeah. seen this one as well. Yeah, 1408, I think, is it's a fun, creepy watch. A good PG-13 creepy watch. And then, can't you mention Cloverfield? you consider that a horror movie? Not really, but I had to include it just because really good. it is very suspenseful. Yeah, It's no Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it's good. Well, or that, Cloverfield Paradox, which is horrible. With that, 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 brings, <laughs> that brings us to our number one. And I, if you're paying attention, you could probably guess what it is. And you could guess that our boys probably have but the But here's the one. problem. Is that we said, okay, we're going to disqualify Shaun of the Dead because we're both going to agree it's going to be our number one. And then you just agree on a different number one. We're going to agree on a different number one because it's ready, Kent. Three, two, one. Birdemic, Tremit, shock, and terror. Tremit, day in hell. <laughs> Family friendly. <laughs> it's a place. I, uh, you said Birdemic? Birdemic, shock, and terror. I was terror. going Tremor Birdemic 6 on this one. I hate you both so much. <laughs> uh, no, I think we both chose The, the ring. ring. Yes. From 2002. Rotten Tomatoes ranks this is their 37th highest. Which is funny. Who's Rotten Tomatoes? Exactly. I seriously. And the problem is that when this movie came out in two thousand two, it was the movie to see with all your friends. Yes. And then as the years have gone by, people talked it up as like the scariest movie of all time, and it's lost some of its luster. I think because has of it? it. No, I, I think it's built up in everyone's mind. Like the ring is so scary. It's so scary. And then they watch it. And they're like, well, it's not that scary because mm-hmm. this generation is a bunch of non-scared babies. <laughs> non-scared babies? Yes. Okay, so the synopsis is, a journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it. One week or seven days. So Directed by Gore good. Verbinski, who did the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Mm. Oh, wow. The guy's got a good eye, uh, starring Naomi Watts and Martin Henderson, and David Dorfman as the creepiest kid. <laughs> He's so creepy. Yeah. And then Debbie Chase, who was uh, Lilo mm-hmm. in Lilo and Stitch, and Brian Cox. Oh, yeah. Brian He's in him for Cox. two seconds, but 
Man, this movie. This. How, where do I even start with this movie? We talked about it a lot, but I, I think we maybe start with our experience. This was the movie where, and Joel, I'm sure you had the same sort of experience. I was living in Provo at the time, so were you. I was, and I saw this movie, and I was telling everyone, guys, you got to see the ring. I saw the, it was the coolest movie, and it's so scary. Like it actually scared me, and I've seen everything. This kid comes in, he goes, I just saw the most satanic movie I've ever seen. <laughs> It's called The Ring. No one see it. If you see it and like it, you're a sinner. I'm like, well, I got to (laughs) go. See you guys. I had a friend who actually tried to convince me that uh, The Ring was satanic because there's a fly in it. And Beelzebub, which is another name for the devil, means Mm -hmm. Lord of the Flies. Uh, And I'm like, that is such a stretch. But mm -hmm. he hated horror movies, so he's he's trying not to. But it feels evil at the same time. And maybe that's where we're hyping this movie because, no, it does to me. This movie feels like I'm watching that 42nd is it 40 second, maybe a minute long movie that they watch on oh. the VHS tape? By the way, that's what the ring feels like to, to me. market this movie. They released, they, they aired just that video with no explanation for what? a couple months before the movie came out. Oh, no, so middle, that's of the, cursed. middle of the night, you're watching TV. All of a sudden that cursed tape would come on. So Zach, I know you are more afraid of the grudge than this movie. I would almost say, obviously we have Ringu and Juwan, which yeah. those came, uh, Ringu is first and Juwan. Juwan, the, the grudge, the original grudge, mm-hmm. actually pretty good. Yes. Uh, the Ringu, not good. Yeah, not great. Yeah, I rec- I've actually seen The Grudge and, um, what is it, Juwan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- found Juwan to be much better. So what elements do you not find very scary in The Ring? Is it just you're like, you know that she comes out of the TV? I think by the time I saw it, I had seen the pop culture response to it. But Kent, you just said it, though. Because when I watched this movie, I had no idea, no idea. she was going to come out of the TV. And when she did... My hair well, not stuck only that, on the back of my neck. She walks slow, and so you're like, oh, you could get away. And so when certain characters are backing up, and you're like, you're fine. Boom, she's right there. Yeah. And then her hair parts. And then it is yeah. kind of CG, but still scary. Imagine yeah. seeing it in Scary Movie first. Ah. See? No. Yeah. 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 And that's things. Once it's parodied and copied and discussed so many times, it does lose some of its luster. Uh, real quick for me, Kent. Mm-hmm. We went to go see this. I knew nothing about it. We went to go see it in theaters, and we all got home, and we were terrified. But we decided we were going to just sit in the room and turn on the TV on static and just see how long we could do that for. Uh, Four of my friends died. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No big deal. Yes, I got, but it was great because I had the apartment to myself. Uh, Also, when I went to, I saw, then I was like, my family. I was like, family, you've got to come see this. This is an amazing, very, very clean, like the grudge and the ring, little to no blood whatsoever. And then it's also little to no language, no sex or nudity like these, mm-hmm. but yet so effective. And so I was like, family, well, come see this with me. I should say not like my kids at this point. Right. This is like my uncles and, and mm-hmm. brothers and dad. And so we went to go see the movie. Uh, and I actually told a friend beforehand to use star six, seven, I think it is to block your number and call. I gave him all yes. the phone numbers and I told him the time when we should be getting out. And it worked out so perfectly. Kid. Like you were very proud of your saw performance. This was my saw performance <laughs> where we get done with the movie and all of a sudden one of my uncles goes, well, I got a voicemail. I didn't hear my phone ring. And someone else says, I got a voicemail too. No. And none of them heard the phone ring. And it, it, if you're listening to this now, uncles and, and brothers and dad, it was me. <laughs> wait, wait. So for a week, they were terrified that they were going to die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was so much fun to do that and just have that. And I, I want, I really want to do something like that when I finally show this to my kids because 
being the whole point of the movie uh, of the ring is that you become part of it. The whole point of it is that you've now seen this video mm-hmm. and now you are, are going to have the timer on you. Well, I think that's what it is. It is the anticipation terror of it all. There's powerlessness in the inevitability mm-hmm. or you can lose your soul to save yourself. You can pass this curse on, but you're going to lose your Which is soul. A very thinly veiled uh, for uh, what are they called? Chain mail. Yes. Like back in the day, you forward all those chain mails and it's like, if you don't forward this on, your teeth are going to fall out. And mm-hmm. it's like, Ugh. maybe that's what it is for me. It's like, I, I'm not scared of email chains like <laughs> like your generation, guys. <laughs> yeah. You so, didn't get those all the time? No. Pass this along. Uh, the ring and also the ring is so effective because I think almost all this movie is daylight. There's like one or two scenes, like the scene at the beginning is at night and the scene at the end is at night. The rest of it is daytime scares. And that is so cool to me. Yeah, those are cool. This paved the way for other Asian horror film remakes, uh, such as, uh, excuse me, American remakes of Asian horror films, such as The Grudge, Dark Water, Pulse, One Missed Call, The Eye, Shudder, Mirrors, The Echo, and The Uninvited. They got worse and worse Most as of they went terrible. on. Actually, it makes me really sad that Japanese horror, like if I had a YouTube channel, I would do a decline of Japanese horror because you they kind of just didn't get any better no even in japan they kind of stayed in this realm it's just a boring format yeah whereas korean horror kind of took over for inventive stuff well for you for me uh here's one thing i love and this is why i miss dvds with director commentary and everything but this dvd you can actually watch the cursed video Mm -hmm. on it so it's an easter egg though so it says there's a thing that says look here and all you do is press down you don't push okay press down and your cursor will disappear and then your remote control is disabled and once a video has started playing and it's not like the one minute video it's like a 12 minute cursed video no it's not that long it's I, pretty long i've done it <laughs> how many times <laughs> i used to yeah. do it all the time but yeah it's not just the one minute though I don't it's, it's the it's the full video it's more than you see on the movie yeah but you can't stop it pause it fast forward it, or return to the menu isn't that crazy like you just have to watch the whole thing or we used to turn love off the TV. doing that i think it's disturbing but that's why i love this movie so much i think samara is such a it's great because it's a ghost that's not like this. Oh, spoiler alert. It's not a happy resolution. Yeah. Well, that it, it depends who you talk to. Really? Well, I mean, some could consider it happy because some people survive and some people don't. And they never made a sequel to this one. So pretty fantastic. <laughs> it's like two minutes long, Ken. I just looked it up. Okay. Felt I'm 12 minutes. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> no. No, uh, no. By the way, the score, uh, Hans Zimmer worked on the score. And it's it's a it's a beautiful haunting score. Like People are probably background. hearing it right now. Yeah. Thanks, mm-hmm. Ken. Thanks for adding that in the background. So there you go. So that's our unofficial wow. number one scary movie. I have one more Shaun of the Dead fact. Please. I'm a bit obsessed with this movie. It is the ringtone on my phone is I Monster, the theme song from Shaun of the Dead. My blog that I used to do all the time is named Slice of Fried Gold. Mm-hmm. I see, I, I watch this movie almost every year. I was Shaun the first time, for Shaun of the Dead, I was him for Halloween the first time I saw it. I absolutely think that that's one of my all time favorite movies. It's As hilarious, it it's scary, it's touching at parts. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it would have been my number one. Signs probably would have been my number three or four. <laughs> we know. <laughs> you feel bad. So sorry, Mr. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, he and Sam Raimi are both listening. So yeah. please reach out. Become patrons. Maybe. So there you go. What do you think? Did we miss talking about... I mean, we mentioned a lot of movies, but do we miss giving love to one of your favorite horror movies of the 2000s? Did we entice you to watch any of the movies we talked about that you hadn't seen already? Had you not seen any of these already, yeah. let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter after you enter our contest. Or did they way overrate some of them? Yes. No, that's I, also I want thing. you guys to tell them they're wrong. 
Yeah. Be, they do that anyways. You don't have to ask them. <laughs> Considering to. your one through nine was the descent, Zach. <laughs> yeah, that's all of mine. All of mine are the descent and, and the last one saw. <laughs> <laughs> and saw two. So before we go, we'd like to thank some patrons. So from the I and the listener category, we have Terry Finley, Sweet Bottom Cakes, Jessica Drought, Sean Sanquist, Scott Sprague, Kyler Loves Bacon Cell, Jennifer Kilkowski, Crew Dutler, Braden Winterton, Babs, Alicia Bass, Adrian Gray, and Glow Clendaniel, our new patron. Hi, Glow. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. And from the Bacon Council, we have Nicole D. Hale, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Stephen Ross, Mats, uh, Jessica Terry, Brian Madsen, and Reverse Listener. Thank you all so much. We love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the best. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They're performing for free online. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me and put me to uh, six followers on Twitter, you can do so at Tumbling Mustard. Same thing on Instagram, at Tumbling Mustard. But most importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale because you can do things like know when shows are dropping or participate in contests. Mm-hmm. So make sure you like the page on Facebook and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Bacon Sale. And if you'd like to rep some merch from the show, including one or two or three, maybe Kent, uh, new designs sure. T-shirts, you can go to tpublic.com slash bacon sale. I also, um, I, I showed the guys I'm going to order a pillow from T-Public. Ooh, so I yeah, can, the evolution of can, horror pillow. I'm you can hug that when you want to watch a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. tpublic.com slash bacon sale. And if you'd like to support the show further than just listening, which by the way, thank you for listening. But if you'd like to support the show further, you can do so at patreon.com slash bacon sale. Support starts at just three bucks a month. You can hear... Uh, Pacon bits, exclusive Pacon bits to Patreon, where we talk about very laundry. important things. Like They're getting laundry. longer every week. It's a full show. It's really out of control, and you should join before they get shorter. Patreon.com <laughs> slash Bacon Sale. So until next time, you've got red on you. Decade dance. dance. Yeah. Are you okay? You look like what's one happening of your... to your face? Right, tell me what to eat. Your neighborhood does not do Halloween, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. Zach clapped. We're in. The Passion of the Crust. No. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> You're the one saying this? That's what it's called. Joel. I love Halloween, Joel. Sneeze. He was here. Most people sneeze instead of saying sneeze. <laughs> no, if I just say sneeze. So mortals actually say, actually sneeze. Mm, everyone sneeze. Mm, say bless you. Sneeze. Sneeze. Yeah. I got nothing to prove. Not you. This never happened to me, but to other people, it seemed like a really cool experience. Oh, that was somehow satisfying, and I shouldn't say that at all. I don't do manual labor. You're shaming Devin Sawa right now, Joel. I know. That's your wife's childhood crush. Sorry, honey. Well, what's your name? Netscape? What's the... Netscape? Juno? Juno. Yeah, Juno. (laughs) Oh, I feel sick, and I value that so much. (laughs) Sorry, the pizza's happening. The pizza's the happening. The pizza's happening. <laughs> That's actually the sequel to In My Shalanza Happening. <laughs> the pizza's happening. Go figure how a viral outbreak would, I don't think would it's bring the world to its knees. Oh, Is that a Green Day song? Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, no, they, I and did they it. Oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> what? Uh, get away, get away, get away. Oh, my gosh. What? Are you okay? You I, forgot, you forgot signs. You didn't put it on your list. Oh you my put the gosh. village, not this is signs. A, this is an all time. Oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't put signs on your list. The if there was a college movie, it was this movie. I didn't put signs on my list. Joel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you want to go- Wait, did you?
forgot how Google. What? What, Joel? Are you okay? No, I was gonna say it's, Wikipedia failed me. Did it? Imagine formaldehyde in your mouth. Let's ha, let alone. How dare Imagine. you miss a movie, Kent? You fool! <laughs> I'm not super upset about it. Joel, you missed signs. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> so an American lurse. Lurse? What's a lurse? I don't know what a lurse is. Oh, like a purse, but for losers. I have a lurse. <laughs> what? <laughs> losers? <laughs> okay. An American lurse. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Did you spell it that way? No, no. it's just a, it says living. <laughs> oh, that's, that's okay. beautiful. <sighs> An American nurse. <laughs> <laughs> it's ruined. Hold on. How are you going to drink? This is really scary. I really hate it. An American. <laughs> Joel! Okay. Here we go. It's late. Once I, was, I turned into a pumpkin, guys. It's past midnight. No, no the carriage. Pumpkin is I am the carriage. The carriage. Oh, okay. Oh, you think I'm Cinderella? Carriage. You think I'm Cinderella? Thank you. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Shaq, Zach, we were chill. We were chill. <laughs> here we go. Lurse. Lurse. Lurse.